it was a husband that had and that wife. So I had a wife that had got placed on antibiotics. I think it was Sarah. The same thing happened to her. And yeah, so it was really Testing, testing. Okay, it looks like it's working. I don't know. I'll put it in my pocket. Okay. So this is Medical Minute 582. Uh, and it's titled, uh, Another Reason Not to Give Antibiotics. Okay, so this is, uh, it comes from actually a true story. I saw a patient whose wife was caring for a disabled man, and uh, he was pretty much a kind of a head injury uh, patient. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, they gave my husband who had a prolonged QT syndrome. They gave him Leviquin, and he had a cardiac arrest. And then I saved him. I did CPR and uh, brought him back, but he never returned uh, to normal. And then she went on to say it was for sinusitis, and they knew he had prolonged QT. And so she was rather angry, right? And I'm sure someone is probably uh, going to have to face that one in court sometime. So, and and uh, so my talk is going to be on, on prolonged QTC, and we all see EKGs, right? And um, and one of the measurements is the QT and QTC. So, uh, just to go over that, what the, what exactly that is, because not maybe not everyone knows. So, this is your basic rhythm strip with your P wave, and then the QRS, and then the T wave, right? So the the uh, pro the QT duration is the depolarization of the ventricle all the way through the repolarization of the ventricle. So it's not counting the, the atrium. And so when things are disrupted, so you have a low potassium or magnesium or calcium or on certain medications, this level primarily, it's in this uh, section, becomes long. So the T wave gets prolonged out and it puts you at uh, risk for dysrhythmia. There is a condition as well, a inherited prolonged QTC syndrome, and uh, it's got a high mortality rate, um, up to 20 to 30% with a 10 to 15 year range. And, so, and then there's like five different classifications of this inherited uh, syndrome, and some are much higher risk than others. So it kind of really, you define it, but with genetics. But it, it puts you at high risk, and a lot of people end up with a defibrillator um, uh, when when you've determined usually what happens is there's some relative that dies from a dysrhythmia and then they find the genetics and, and other people are checked. So a lot of even asymptomatic people end up on, on defibrillators. So the QTC is, that's just the QT. So on your EKG you get a QT and a QTC. So QTC is the corrected one. So it bases it, you're going to get a shorter QT the faster your heart goes. So what it does is corrects whatever that QT is, it corrects it down to a rate of 60. Uh, so if when you see the QTC, that's just like, well, what would this QT interval be if the heart rate was 60? And it just kind of gives you an average. And abnormal is greater than uh, 440 for men and 460 for women. There's a little, and interestingly, I just found two EKGs were sitting over there. So this EKG, the both QT and QTC is the same. So it's 430. All right, this is a patient I just saw. And why is it the same? Because the heart rate's 60, right. So, so and then this EKG uh, has a heart rate of 129. And it doesn't look like a long QT, but it's 
relative to the rate it's long. And so it actually has a 457 QTC and it's not called out as prolonged. So it's actually probably prolonged based on the rate, um, but our EKG didn't call it that. So I don't know exactly what they're, what they're, what they're calling. Um, so, so what's the big deal? What, what do we do about this? Well, exactly that. There's so many things that interact with it. And we see a lot of, I see prolonged QT intervals on EKGs all day. And we really have to be careful with uh, multiple medications. So antibiotics is one of them being, and I actually looked at Zithromax, Erythromycin, Cipro. I don't believe the penicillins or cephalosporins, but uh, you know, so they all at least have listed that it, they can prolong your QT. Antifungals, many um, cardiac drugs can do it. Uh, what else do I got listed? Antihistamines, phenothiazines, compazine. That's why we can no longer give um, droperidol uh, in the field and sedations for this very reason, is it prolongs your QT and there's been some dysrhythmias and they've made it into a black box medication and this is exa exactly why. And, and now you can give it, but they just strongly recommend you have them on a monitor anytime you're giving those medications. And so, you know, if someone knows they have this condition and they, and they mention it to you, you'd better be very careful of what medications you're giving them. Um, let's see, so how do you treat it and what do you do about it? So in general, you've, strangely, you give them a beta blocker and you would think that would just slow them down and, pr and perhaps even prolong your QT, but what it does is it's thought that it's the adrenaline adrenergic response of you know, sports or stress that actually what sensitizes the heart. It's not actually the, the slow rate. And so the beta blocker prevents that adrenergic response. The other things they do is they resect some of your sympathetic chains. So that's one of the treatments. And then an AICD, so they put in a defibrillator and that's pretty effective in terminating the, the torsade or the VTAC. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'd say that uh, the overall point is just be careful what you're giving people. Uh, and certainly if they mention that they have that as a history, uh, make sure you're, you're checking with Rachel before you give them any medications. All right, that's it.